0: Welcome to Grand New Podcast. Matt right now is running around Southwest somewhere, so it is just me, your host, uh, Mike Allers Jr., and a very good friend of mine, future mayor of Manassas, of this uh, election coming up, Teresa Coates Ellis. Good to have you on, Teresa. Hi,
1: Mike. Great to be here.
0: Hey, hey. So tell our, our uh, viewers, our listeners at Baring Drift and on Spotify and um and iTunes now, um, a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name is Teresa coates Alice. I have lived in the city of Manassas for more than 30 years. I am an elected city council member right now. I'm in my second year of my term, um, and I'm running for mayor. So my background um, is a business. I'm a business owner, small business owner, uh, since we came to the city of Manassas. And my background is mostly in healthcare management and marketing. So I've expanded more into the marketing. Uh, last year, I, I kind of phased out of healthcare after 30 years. So now I'm, st- I'm sticking you know, with marketing. But I'm very fortunate because my daughter works with me. We have a team here, and I am happy to give lots of responsibilities to them when I become the mayor of the city of Manassas because it is a full-time job coming up. It's gonna be a full-time job and I'm, I'm ready. I have the time, I'm, so.
0: Well, especially with, with COVID, um, I can't think of anybody else uh, that's more qualified or more prepared during these times than you. Um, you provided, I know you fought hard uh, in city council to keep several small businesses afloat during this time. Um, mm-hmm. And give them grants to PPP loans. Um, what are some of the efforts you've done um, in Manassas during this really turbulent time?
1: Well, it, it was interesting because, as someone with a background in healthcare who also has the business, I understood how important it was to be safe, but I also could see, foresee the economic impact. You know it would have on our community, so I was, I had an interesting play there, um, so I immediately went into action on both sides because I had the experience on both sides. I think that we were declared a, a state of emergency March eighteenth, I believe. It seems and,
0: forever ago, yeah. Uh,
1: yes, and then March eighteenth and March twenty-first. Uh, had a roundtable Zoom roundtable discussion with uh, the business owners in the city. Uh, we just immediately put the call out, come to the table virtually, so we can tell you what's happening and also listen to them. What are you going through? What's your concerns? Because in the beginning, when the shutdown happened, we were everybody was scrambling to understand, you know, how to survive. So we just Listened, took a lot of data, and then also gave responses as to what we knew. And the PPP was the big thing in the beginning. You know, should we do it, should we not? How long is this gonna last, you know? And being in healthcare, I knew that we were in for a long haul. I I had that knowledge, you know, with 30 years in healthcare, that this was not gonna be over in a month. And I actually had tracked this for quite a while um, probably as early as Christmas when I wow. uh, it started to come around because we actually had a resident of the city that was in the um, cruise ship over, I think it was wow. the Diamond Princess or something like that.
0: Was that patient and, zero in Manassas?
1: Um, no. I think by the time that patient got back here, things were already, it took so long for that, that resident to get back here. Um, so I knew that because I talked to her on the phone, her friend contacted me because they were scared. And then I talked to her on the phone. So I was following it really, really, you know, long before probably most people thought it was going to be serious. And also when you have a background in healthcare, I understood what was going to, the complications that could happen with this, um, affecting becoming a pandemic so but
0: anyway go ahead go ahead well i i was about to segue into i mean you also help people secure loans um to keep the lights Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. uh for for their rent how did you do that i mean because northern virginia is hard enough to live in so for all those affected by covid paying rent especially manassas was must have been a catastrophe i mean i was living here at the time so yeah it's that's, I just moved to Manassas at that time, and I was okay. like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. This. Well, and I think you know what the struggle was. You know, when you just said just hunker down, you got that safety out of that. You just gotta stay inside. You, you know, you just gotta wear your mask. You gotta take this serious. But then when it came to the businesses, um, I know as a business owner, they were struggling. Like, should we put our staff on unemployment? Should we? You know, what, what do we do here? Should we take advantage of these loans? Is this the right thing to do? So there was a lot of guidance, you know, get your accountant on the phone now. (laughs) Yeah. Get the ball rolling. Um, Take, this is the time, this type of crisis is when we need to look at the government and say, we got to stop this jet from crashing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So business people naturally have this um, entrepreneur's, they have that fighting instinct sure. you know, to stay alive you know and they were afraid they didn't want to show any signs of giving up and sometimes that is a you know putting your staff on unemployment but we're like this is going to be the norm calm down yeah. so when it came to the grants so then when the cares money the cares act funding was allocated to the city um, i'm the economic development liaison so we had a lot of meetings, you know, um, to try to figure out how to get the money out. And so there was so much news going on and so much information flying around that I actually took my team because I announced I was running for mayor before the COVID-19 hit. I announced yeah. like uh, February, February 28th, I announced. And then by March 18th, we were in a, you know, declared state of emergency. So we had emergency shutdown. So I already had a team in place and I utilized my mayor campaign team to get the word out about what we have here for the city. I personally safely went out and waved to businesses because they were still in there, you know, and held up the grant application through the window. you need to do this. And also my website, you know, so that they could uh, look at some other sources that were on there. But yeah, and we actually did very well with that. I think 160 businesses were awarded the grant applications. But what was so um, g- great is they were businesses that normally wouldn't ha- have done that. Uh, we had okay. a, 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 a more of an increase in our Hispanic businesses. And we did concentrate a lot on visiting the Hispanic community um, because Which of is great because a healthcare. lot of those
0: communities turned around for, I mean, it's Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. And I mean, that's crucial that Correct. all those businesses are back in full Correct. swing. They're such a vital part um, of the yes. community.
1: Well, and I also knew because of the healthcare background that they were going to get hit the hardest. Sure. Because when you have a language barrier, you're not getting the news that you need to know about. And so I immediately went to um, our communication department in the city and I said, we need to get everything in Spanish, English, Spanish. There is like, no, get those toggle buttons up, make sure our slit signs at the gateways have in Spanish, wear a mask, wash your hands. And um, you know, it actually was something that was a long time coming to get that conversion going. Sure. And I think, and then once, you know, our, Hispanic um, population started understanding what was going on. They were cleaning everything. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) cleaning everything. Um, It was now another thing about that. The community is they were mostly essential workers, so that's a lot of the trades. Um, So they got hit hard.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, fortunately, they were hit the hardest.
1: Um, and
0: it's, it's, it's absolutely terrible. I know, a huge part of your, or um, a cornerstone of your um, campaign, as, as we wind our, um, our, uh, our interview down, um, is sustainability. And you are right. an avid fan of bees. So why is it important for Manassas, for the person who doesn't, who hasn't seen Bee Movie? and doesn't know about bees, why are bees vital, especially during this time, during COVID and recovering, to Manassas', Manassas <laughs> long-term sustainability?
1: Well, first you have to see the bee movie. I, I, I can't yeah. believe you've never seen it. <laughs> you know, so I had some college students working with me in the summer, and they said that the bee movie is like a, a cult movie in parties at colleges. I
0: lo- <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love bee movies.
1: Why? Uh, So, George, my husband, is a beekeeper by hobby. He's a management and accounting and economics person (laughs) in his day job. Um, We got interested in it because I'm a master gardener. So, years ago, I was trained as a master gardener. So, that's all about planting native plants and being responsible. Um, We have always watched the decline of the pollinators, I think, because of my master gardener training. And then George took the beekeeping training. And I learned a lot because I videotaped him. We did a great informational video that's on my Shadow for a Day program that's, that sure. I have out there too for jobs. And it was one of the highest reaching um, informational videos that we had. And it was long, it was like an hour and a half on how to do beekeeping. So that's oh, wow. exploded. <laughs> it was a hobby that the community is uh, embracing. Because I did a resolu- I'm trying to do a resolution. I initiated a resolution before the COVID hit that we would become a bee city USA, and that's you know having more of awareness of sustainability, planting natives to attract pollinators, so which is bees and butterflies and flies and beetles yeah. and whatever. You know. But and that's a, yeah. and that, and that's important.
0: Because I think that's, yeah, I thought that was super interesting, especially, and it really separates you. I mean, not just because of your leadership on these issues, not because of your experience, but also, you know, your fun passion project and what your husband do are so vital to the growth, Um, you know, especially all the green initiatives that Manassas has to offer. Um, Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, How can our viewers and listeners find you on social media?
1: Social media um, on Facebook, Teresa Coates Ellis for Manassas. On Instagram and Twitter, it's T Coates Ellis. Oh, and I okay. also have a pretty good website, teresacoatesellis.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Teresa, for, for joining us and come back Thanks, soon. Mike. All right. It was fun. Thank you. All right.